Howdy, howdy. Ooh, hello. And welcome hello. to... Yes, hello. And welcome to... Hi. Yes, hello. And welcome to... But it was aliens. Ah. The extraterrestrial comedy podcast where we probe real-life alien incidents to determine for the questionable benefit of humanity as to whether those incidents really did involve aliens. My name is Kev, and I'm hosting this week's episode, and alongside me, with no idea what is coming up today, is Granville Moonwalker. You may have realised that we've switched today. Usually we take it in turns, but we've got a few things going on in life, and so for the next few meet. Meeks? <laughs> meek meek. What's really worrying there is that my partner calls farts meeps. <laughs> For the next few meeps, we might be switching up and going out of order a little bit, but <laughs> onwards we march. Meek meek. Meek meek. <laughs> Today, we start with an image. Granville. I'm showing you a simple image, a not at all suspicious image, of the radar and building at Camp Hero State Park in Montauk, New York. This is a yes or no question. Granville, have you heard of a little TV series called Stranger Things? Even Rocky heard of Montauk. Montage, but... Yes or no question, darn it! (laughs) I've heard of it, yes. I have not watched it all. Okay. What if I told you that the television show Stranger Things is real? What part of it? You haven't watched it all, so why you... (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to have watched it all because I'm going to walk you through the real story. Okay. The Upside Down. Hmm. So Stranger Things was actually originally called... Montauk. That building has a face. Montauk! I have another question for you. Do you trust the government? No. (laughs) You're going to be so in today then. But you're also asking if I trust you and you're an honest John, so... Honest, but not honourable and trustworthy? Different things. Mm, True. To... (laughs) Apologies. Piss off Ted recommendations. Is that the Mibs? (laughs) <laughs> the Mib's dropping a meat. <laughs> Today, we are going to uncover so much allegedly true dirt on shady government shenanigans. And when I say that, I am talking conspiracies. I am talking mind control. I am talking teleportation. I'm even talking time travel. Governmental experimental shit. It's difficult to pick quite where to begin, and you're going to need to strap in today. There had been rumours of psychological warfare on East Long Island, New York, as far back as the 1980s. Rumours of experiments. But the origins of the Montauk Project actually date back to 1943. You may be aware that radar invisibility was being researched aboard the USS Eldridge and that the ship completely disappeared from the Philadelphia Naval Yard for a moment. We cover this on our 19th Patreon episode, which hasn't released yet, if you're listening when this episode releases, but it's due around October 2022. The researchers from that experiment ceased. 
due to the horrific outcome of that experiment, aka because money ran out. But it turns out that after World War II was won and lost, the US government actually continued their research in the late 1940s. America had found power and you just know that they couldn't leave it alone. Money was tight during the war, but I'm sure you've heard what America discovered in France during the Second World War. A train full of Nazi gold. Ten billion dollars worth of Nazi gold. Science was back, baby! All the soldiers involved in finding that gold were killed, and nobody but those in top positions would know. I'll just add that we do have numerous sources here, including an engineer, but we'll get into the witnesses later as I'm trying to get this into a sensible order, which is not easy because a lot is going to happen today. Damn. So you were talking about the 80s and psychological warfare, mind control, mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, which we know took place because of things like Project MKUltra. I was about to say, are we going into MKUltra in this? Not exactly. Kind of similar. Okay. So they found all that gold and they were like, science is back, baby. Yeah, you know if they're finding gold, they are not returning that to its rightful place. They are investing that in methods of destruction. If our government today found slash inherited a shit ton of money, where are they putting it? So they found all the gold... Mm -hmm. But then who did they sell the gold to to get the money to fund? Or did they just be like, they're citizens. Here's a gold bullion. <laughs> science. <laughs> and magically science happens. <laughs> yep. They but, input a gold bullion every time they want more science. I suppose it goes in their own economy. They make money from their own people and then stick that money straight into their nefarious means. But they could also trade with other countries <laughs> here's some gold the price goes up every year bullion science <laughs> Ding. should make a t-shirt bullion equals science i keep telling you if you can design it i can make it <laughs> you just need to get drawing son uh time one day we'll 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 we'll, we'll. <laughs> one day we will update our shop at but it was aliens.co.uk one day we need it on the twitter t-shirt why haven't we done that? <laughs> that's that's the, like the easiest thing. I could literally just write on the Twitter in a Twitter font on a T-shirt. Do it. The continuation of electromagnetic experiments originally took place at Brookhaven National Laboratory, but it was quickly realised that a large external radar was required, and to install one on site would compromise security. A disused Air Force site nearby at Camp Hero, Montauk, with a radar installation was therefore identified to expand the site. Equipment was moved to the Montauk site during the 1960s. Experiments begun proper in the early 1970s. Science! Long Island resident Christopher Garitano would share in 2015 that when active, that radar would rotate every 12 seconds and as it did, animals would go bonkers and people would get headaches. Locals back this up and add that their television and radio signals were interfered with. Beneath the radar, there were said to be a series of laboratories connected by tunnels over about 12 levels 
and Garitano would eventually employ a geophysicist to look at the area. This geophysicist did indeed find evidence of large structures, including metal in their structure, not recorded on maps or military documentation of the area. Garitano would take all his findings and eventually make a documentary called Montauk Chronicles, where you can learn the specifics of these findings. Garitano doesn't believe the other dimension alien stuff, which we'll get to, but Garitano does believe that experiments took place at Montauk, likely involving children. I just want to drop in a tiny bit of evidence now, because parts of this case are freaking wild. So I'm hitting you with the truth first, <laughs> showing you that we do have evidence, <clears throat> because you're going to think, what the shit, shortly. I can totally understand um, the radar rotating and causing animals to go bonkers and people getting headaches, because mm-hmm. I suppose that could just be with the frequency. It's tuned to a, not a volume, but a pitch that the animals could hear. Same way mm. with a dog whistle. They yeah. can hear that, we okay. can't. Um, but maybe this was a bit different so that we could hear it and people would get headaches if they were too close. That makes sense to me. Or maybe people tuned into a certain psychological or psychic level. So not everyone's sensitive to certain frequencies of brainwaves. Mm-hmm. I mean, brainwaves ultimately are electronic current, aren't they? So They are indeed. It's entirely feasible that some people may be more sensitive than others to certain... Yeah, same way different an- or animals mm-hmm. are. The fact that he believes that children were experimented on... Yeah, and we're going to get to that as well. I highly believe that. As odd as this sounds, it's not odd really, but if you're looking from the government's perspective... Children are more susceptible to things like that. Who's and, gonna believe a kid who says Yeah I was I've taken been... away and had a huge needle shoved in my ear hole? And not only that, but they can kind of experiment on them for a long time period and see what the effects are over time. If you take an adult, you don't know what the effects will be because you're already experimenting on a mm. fully developed brain. Ah. So it may not work because that brain's already developed. Whereas if you're experimenting from a young age, the brain has time to adapt to whatever is happening to it and the body. And it sounds really fucking weird, the (laughs) fact that I kind of not accept, but understand why they would. (laughs) I understand. I don't agree. You've got a little child beside you right now. You're holding by the head and just poking it with a needle. Hello, Timothy. Children are stupid as shit as well. Like, you could be like, here, have a sweet. Yay! Whack! Wah! Have another sweet. Yay! And just keep on experimenting with your dastardly ways. Mm-hmm. And they'll keep on coming back for that reward. And if, I suppose if you take them early enough, they've grown up in that environment and know no different. <laughs> you know, oh, obviously, I'm saying this in jest, but children are stupid as shit. When I was really little, I must have been about five, six years old, my dad... <laughs> used to be like you make the best pints of beer go and get me a pint and pour it and i'll be like yeah i make the best and go and do it every time (laughs) he just couldn't be bothered to get up and make it himself could he but when i was a little kid i took that as a compliment i was like yeah boy i'm the best okay dad 
I will go and do that. <laughs> Garitano mentioned experiments on children. These children, whom nobody would miss, later known as the Montauk Boys, would begin being taking, taking, taken <laughs> during the 1970s. What is going on with my mouth today? I apologise. We are talking homeless kids or children from troubled backgrounds. The types people might not look too hard for back then. But the government got brazen and every now and then a slightly less troubled kid would vanish. A kid would cycle up to a group of kids and tell them about something cool. The kids would follow the kid and at the destination they'd be greeted by agents and boom, kid gone. But why? These children were taken below ground where they were physically, sexually and psychologically tormented and eventually they were programmed via something similar to radio waves like powerful frequencies. The Montauk boys could be controlled. Controlled for covert warfare. Basically, the government were utilising electromagnetic radiation to implant thoughts directly into people's minds. Children as young as four years of age were most impressionable, as you kind of alluded to earlier, Mr. Moonwalker. Those that left the Montauk project were so screwed up that they couldn't remember Montauk or their earlier lives at times. Some footage has been gathered which shows some unusual rooms underground, including a room with what I can only really describe as LSD-induced multicoloured walls. There's a one hour and 22 minute documentary on history called The Dark Files, freely available on YouTube with a weird and choppy bit added onto the end, which covers this and they query why else you'd have walls like this but for psychological experimentation. If you think all this sounds crazy, just remember, we already know that the CIA implemented a similar project, MK Ultra, for 20 years from 1953. And apologies, that was a little bit grim. Yeah. So they were being controlled and they had, like, commands and stuff in... Blah, 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 blah. They had instructions implanted into their brains. Was that instructions or... Yeah, basically. Thoughts? Were they uh, being inceptioned? I think so, yeah. Or, I'm not entirely sure whether they were implanting thoughts to act on later, whether they were using like electromagnetic frequencies to send thoughts in the moment or whether they were like sleeper agents where they could be activated, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I suppose if you're if you inception them so that a word would trigger them, mm-hmm. or they could change the frequency of the sound wave, and mm. each sound wave has a different command to it. Yeah, yeah, gets them to act a different way. That's fucking messed up. Yeah, awful. Imagine what you could do with an army of psychotic children. That'd be scary as fuck. <laughs> I mean, you'd be able to kick the shit out of them, but they wouldn't feel Woo! it. <laughs> one, one you would, but if you think about it, the the odds, say in a school, for example, you've got several hundred children and less than a hundred teachers. You have like one teacher for thirty children plus. Yep. If all those kids are coming at you at once, how many can you get through before your the tides are turning and this you're is taking a beating? Sound grim. I'm gonna pick one kid up. Ah, oh. bat. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like we need to get away from this topic quickly. Oh. It's life or death. <laughs> if it's life or death, Grandpa would smash <laughs> a child with a child. To be fair, I could run. It's not as if they'd catch me. Well, they might not have at some point, but... <laughs> <laughs> You seen the size of you lately? Yeah, but you telling me that I can sprint a hundred meters quicker than a kid. And I think you could have. I think carrying all that muscle around, you're going to puff out in about ten seconds. Not with adrenaline carrying me. Twelve. Kids can run high. for days. <laughs> anyway, let's get away from the child violence. We don't mean it, honestly. Well, I don't. <laughs> Neither do I. Kids are cool. Experiments with all this torture, the administering of substances and electromagnetic radiation led to some pretty extreme results. Unstable portals were opened in space-time itself. A time tunnel was later developed which stabilised these portals. Through this time tunnel, contact was made with a reptile-like alien civilization whom agreed to the exchange of technology, enabling human researchers to access hyperspace and perfect their experimentation. Teleportation and time travel would become possible. These experiments eventually led to the development of the Montauk chair. Chair is in person or chair? Literal chair. The chair would use electromagnetism hmm. to enhance the psychic powers of whoever sat in the chair a la Stranger Things sensory immersion and the chair Eleven sits on when accessing the Upside Down. One subject undergoing tests, Duncan Cameron, would have success. Although success may not be the right word, but we'll get to that in a bit. In the chair, with a lock of someone's hair or something else to connect Cameron to the target, Cameron became able to experience what the target was experiencing. Smell what they smelt, hear what they heard and see what they saw. We know that remote viewing was explored by the CIA. CIA? <laughs> CIA. <laughs> the CIA because there are now unclassified documents evidencing not just MKUltra, but Project Stargate 2, which we will cover one day. So this really isn't a stretch. Hmm. Portals, chairs, seeing through people's eyes. Mm-hmm. Exactly what Eleven does in Stranger Things. Have you seen that much, at least? No. You've just it's like the first boiled season. it for me. How much have you seen the first two minutes? first episode <laughs> oh no <laughs> you've got an awful lot to watch to be fair I've watched most of it well to, no I'm like two episodes or one episode away from the final episode of season one so I might be on the penultimate episode uh, okay I've just not been that gripped by it to watch it in my really. opinion it is utterly superb but my problem is I generally work all day and my other half won't watch things like Stranger Things so when I want to watch them uh, I have to wait until she's fallen asleep yeah that However, ain't going well I tend to be the one that falls asleep now because I'm always up at four in the morning yeah to go to the gym so I may watch it on my holiday you, sh you really should it is utterly brilliant 
And then one day you'll understand what I mean about the chair. If you could see through anyone's eyes, whose eyes would you see through? Oh, do I go pervy? (laughs) (laughs) Or do I go (laughs) uncovering the truth? Mm, That's a tough one. I guess it would be of more value to... Remember, you can't, like, touch or sense... Oh, I'm going th- uncovering the truth then. <laughs> if I can't touch. <laughs> yeah, I'd go for someone like top level. I'm going to have to Google to find their names before I <laughs> do this, obviously, because I've got no idea who it is. But I'm thinking someone top level in the military, probably, because I'd imagine that like, there's such a level that even people in charge of countries wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Top secret above their level. What about you? I would look through the eyes of the person that does the um, presses the button for the lottery just to see if it's fixed <laughs> and if they know what numbers are going to come out before they actually get drawn. Many years ago, we went to school with someone who won the lottery. Did we? We did, yeah. Oh, jammy bastards. It's a fix. Things would eventually go too far, even for the researchers at Project Montauk, because there was a perhaps unintended further ability or side effect of the chair. The chair! (laughs) Objects could be manifested, and not just objects. When sitting in the Montauk chair... You got a prick. At first, items from the subject's mind would appear on a screen. Then, objects would manifest at times transparently, but at times, these objects would be completely real, now in our world, whether created or teleported from elsewhere. The experiments and torture were completely out of hand by this time, and somebody wanted to end it. Whilst in the Montauk chair, Someone approached Duncan Cameron and whispered in his ear. His ear? For Christ's sake. Whispered in his ear. (laughs) You've got to leave the original in there now. Otherwise it just sounds weird. Whispered in his ear. (laughs) Time is now. Suddenly, Cameron couldn't help it. It was like somebody asked him to... Choose the form of the Destructor. Cameron didn't opt for the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Mando. The researchers suddenly heard screaming from across the base. A huge, hairy monster had appeared and was eating everything and everyone in sight. Those who survived would all describe it differently, almost as if the brain couldn't quite comprehend what it had seen. All the equipment, and especially the Montauk chair, had to be destroyed to sever the connection and send the beast back to its own universe. The whole underground base was pretty much filled with concrete to destroy any trace as to the massacre. Everyone involved had those same LSD mind-ruining techniques applied to them to wipe their memories of everything. But what if, once that connection is made, it can't be severed? What if that monster is still roaming and has mated with other species? Or what if it's been captured 
and experimented upon. So are you thinking still roaming in terms of it's done a venom and attached itself to someone else? I wasn't, but now I am. Or I suppose they'd have to damage it quite severely to capture it. But then you'd have to know, you'd have to be very lucky to be able to hold it captive. Mm-hmm. Like you'd have to know exactly, or not exactly, but you could hold it in a metal cell, for example, and it absorbs or could heat well, metal and just that's walk exactly out. You it. never know. Because it's been manifested. We don't know whether this thing has come from someone's mind or from another dimension. We don't know anything about it, what its capabilities are. Can it manifest other things itself? Has it manifested itself? But no. That's what I was I... going to ask. Did they, did they create the form of this thing in their mind and bring it forth? Or was it something that they were able to see and pull from another dimension? Did they have the ability to pull it through? Well, obviously, Stranger Things hasn't quite finished yet, but... I also take it this picture is from Stranger Things. It's from, like, the second episode, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that isn't a spoiler, but... I can't remember. It's been so that, long Yeah, that it. thing, uh, with our current understanding, obviously, there's one season left. So this might be completely bullshit by the time the last season comes out, but it would appear that those things are being pulled in from another dimension. What if they're those not being things... manifested? But we don't actually know. This is obviously the real story. What if those things are humans that have been trapped in the other dimension and become so distorted and warped and that's very with other things? Interesting. But I would then be led to ask you how they got trapped there. Is it everyone they're experimenting on? The, the Montauk boys are all being trapped there and becoming warped things because time moves differently there. And then they call them back by accident. What if, with time travel, they were future experiments that have ended up in the past and been there for such a long time that they've now morphed into that and are now being brought forth by the present? Mind fuck. Well... To be brutally honest, what I was kind of thinking here is like, what if we've got a man-bear-pig scenario going on? Like it mates with another species and creates a mixed species. That's where I was leaning. (laughs) (laughs) Man-bear-pig. Are you serial? With a case like this, you're probably thinking that I don't have any evidence. Well, say hello to the Montauk Monster. The Montauk Monster was discovered on the shore of Montauk in July 2008. Some believe that it is either the creature from the lab or an experimentation utilising that creature to create horrific results. The government would of course try to cover this up and scientists would claim that this monster was a raccoon with its top jaw missing, but for some the legs appear too long in comparison to the body to be a raccoon. Is this a raccoon or a demogorgon sucked into our dimension? I have the photo here for you, Granville, with a raccoon below for reference. Ooh. Pretty grim, so apologies for that. That... Was that real? Yeah, absolutely real. What the hell is that? The Montauk monster. I'd want to say it's some kind of underground mammal like a mole or something like that except it's larger and it's got a freaking beak i was about to say but you see its beak and that kind of throws it Mm -hmm. completely off and look how long the limbs actually are yeah but its legs are tiny it's got tiny little chicken legs is that a tail at the end or is that its leg you can't really tell can you tail it looks like 
surely we have another picture other than this one like from another angle no I've just got a picture of a raccoon for you although if you look around its wrist it looks like it's got bandages on like a bandage or something was why on would its it wrist. have bandages it's like it's been experimented mm. upon and it's broke free what the hell is that I want to know we'll post these possibly I'm not sure if this one will be accepted because it is a little bit grim but we'll try to post it's these. definitely got a beak and some teeth, isn't it? Yeah, and we'll, we'll try to post it, it on our Instagram at But It Was Aliens podcast, possibly in our Facebook group. But sometimes when we post things like this in Extraterrestrial Towers, they get censored. So who knows? We might post this. I mean, it can't be a raccoon simply because of the face or the head. It's a beak. Raccoons mm-hmm. don't have beaks. Unless you're Bert Raccoon, who's bent nose. So, as I say, I do have a picture of a raccoon here for you, just for comparison. Yeah, that's not a raccoon. Unless they've skinned it and put another head on it. Ooh. So, where is that now? I will get on to that. Surely you'd have that. I mean, I know, I do know what happened to it, but remind me when we conclude, if I don't mention it, I think I mention it. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta hope I remember it. Circling back... 60 miles from the Montauk base, you can find that Brookhaven National Laboratory where those electromagnetic experiments originally took place. This is actually owned by the US Department of Energy, just as Hawkins Lab is owned by the US Department of Energy in Stranger Things. This place is full of secrets. There is no public access and it is known that inside scientists mess around with an interdimensional portal vortex. These are places where magnetic fields connect, opening and closing without warning, thereby connecting two faraway points with huge magnetic fields. We covered this in our Stargate episode. There's also a particle accelerator or collider at Brookhaven just like CERN. The relativistic heavy ion collider has been in operation since 2000, so it could even have replaced Montauk. It is rumoured that underground, researchers explore recovered alien ships and even alien creatures themselves. Is this all connected to Montauk? Is this even where the Montauk monster came from? I remember in our... I, I say I remember. I think I remember in our CERN episode, mm-hmm. there was a creature that came through and tried to chew on a cable, or did chew on a cable. Yeah, was it a mongoose or something? Yeah. Yeah. Was it this? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it ended up looking like. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they're pulling these things from portals, and when they're coming through it's shedding all their skin well yeah it's a lovely sound but for this thing to have turned up obviously it's got to have come from somewhere Mm -hmm. who's to say it hasn't been pulled in from the lab nearby bit of a coincidence under under earth underground that we've not seen yet a cryptid the Montauk monster boom but yeah, it's a bit of a coincidence that you've got these stories about the place just down the road and then that thing turns up. Mm. What if it was planted? 
don't ask me how. <laughs> I will just say that it is a real creature. Oh. So it's not a Snap. model or anything like that. We've basically covered what went down at Montauk's, and now I'm going to circle back around to some of our witnesses, starting with perhaps the least credible. Alfred Bielek popped up in the Philadelphia Experiment side probe, which you folks wouldn't have heard if you're listening to this at the time of release, as I said earlier. But <laughs> it will be dropping soon. Soon? Soon. I've had two rums. What is going on? <laughs> Bielek was the chap who was on the USS Eldridge with his brother, jumped overboard and woke up in 2137 where China and Russia were at war with Europe and America and aliens were also invading, snatching humans off the streets. Bielek then went forward to 2749 where civilization consisted of huge floating sky cities and the world was run by an artificial intelligence. Bielek was then returned to 2137 to pick up his brother and was sent on to 1983 where he crossed paths with the Montauk Project. Bielek isn't our star witness today, but this is all connected, so it had to be included. And like I say, we'll be getting into a lot more detail about that in the Philadelphia Experiment side probe. When Bielek and his brother jumped to the 1983... The 1983? (laughs) (laughs) When they jumped to 1983, this was 40 years to the day, so it said, after the Philadelphia Project. It was here at Montauk's Camp Hero that Bielik would be tasked with shutting down the Philadelphia experiment, travelling back in time to switch off those generators. This caused the time tunnel between 1943 and 1983 to collapse, but this is also what created the connection between 1943 and 1983 in the first place, making Bielik and his brother drop through time time loop biatch (laughs) when Bielik returned to 1943 he was now Al Bielik rather than his original name Edward Cameron and was regressed into the mind of a baby as was his brother Bielik worked for the Navy and eventually was recruited by the Montauk project during his work Bielik would utilize time tunnels and adapt alien technology visiting the past the future, and of course, other planets to capture light and dark energy. Bielik worked on the Montauk chair with electrical engineer Preston B. Nichols, who we'll get onto momentarily. This sounds like some quantum leap type shit. Absolutely. (laughs) This little bit is all over the place. Are you sure his real name's not Sam? (laughs) Was it Sam Beckett? I think so, yeah. See, look. An owl. Owl. Bielik. <laughs> Ow! This hologram psychic. <laughs> He's jumped all over the place here, hasn't he? Yeah, he's gone from 1943 to 2137, 2749, 2137, 1983, 1943, loop closed but also loop started, 1943 to 2137 to 2749. I want to know how he's managed to find his way around in all these different years. That is a fascinating question. Because... Even in our lifetime, our town has changed so much that the same routes wouldn't be the same routes. The same buildings aren't always in the same place. They don't even exist anymore. Mm -hmm. How would he he have had any identification or credentials to get himself anywhere? Who's to say that he's found his way 
and hasn't been pulled into these different times by certain agencies trying to close that time loop. So they're pulling him in to their, where Quantum they are. Quantum leap style. He's not finding like, his way at all. Here's a mission, soldier. <laughs> yeah. You need to go back here. And they hit the button. Shit, we hit the wrong button. He wakes up another 700 years in the future. It's literally We've been expecting pulled. you, soldier. We're going to send you back now. Beep. Shit, we hit the wrong button. Is it about to go, no, no, wait. <laughs> they just boot him back into the portal. <laughs> Here's your credentials. Before he knows it is there. And that's the only way he can get back. And it, it does tickle me by doing all of this. He's actually creating the loop that saw him start all of this. <laughs> Trapped in a vicious cycle. Ah, oh, what do they call them? I've got it's no not idea. It's a time paradox. Well. Or is it? Similar. Ah, uh, it's gone. Like, you've got the paradox where you go back in time and kill your own grandfather, then how could you have been born to go and kill your own grandfather? That's what you're thinking. And you're stuck in the grandfather paradox. I guess we could call this the Montauk paradox. <laughs> Most of this entire episode actually came from a 1992 book by Preston B. Nichols and Peter Moon, Peter Moon. entitled The Montauk Project, Experiments in Time. I will link to this in the episode notes as it is available in free, lengthy PDF today. The book outlines all the details that I've shared, but goes further. There were visits to Jesus Christ in olden times. Jesus El Savior Christ. And the researchers even used their space-time travel to alter the outcome of the American Civil War. Nichols outlined that Duncan Cameron had psychic powers. Yes, this all ties back to Duncan Cameron, Bielik's lost brother who was on the USS Eldridge and who was experimented upon at Montauk. Montauk scientists did not realise that Duncan Cameron was from the past and had been inserted into a new body just as Bielik had in what I guess is this new timeline. It was the experiments on Duncan that ultimately led to the destruction of the project. Did I just hear another email from the Miz trying to shut us down? You did. You've got to change your email address. <laughs> how hard is it, man? No matter how many times I change it, they still get hold of me. Nichols would claim that he wrote this book after remembering his memories as a researcher on Project Montauk. Nichols has since passed away. Nichols and Bielik are not our only witnesses, though. Others have come forward. Two. Stuart Swerdlow, a 52-year-old chap, came forward to the Sun newspaper in 2017, confirming that Swerdlow was one of the Montauk boys whom were experimented upon. Swerdlow confirmed, as we covered, that runaways, orphans, and the children of drug addicts were targeted in the main. Swerdlow can now remember experiments including being beaten with a pole, having the temperature rotated from boiling hot to freezing cold, and being starved before being overfed repeatedly. The Montauk boys would also have their heads held underwater and would be given LSD, learning to obey their rescuer. Swerdlow does add that he thinks that some of the boys were sent to Mars, but LSD will do things, son. Swerdlow was also featured in documentaries with Bielik and Nichols. I need to take everything that he has said, mm -hmm. not only with a pinch of salt, but with a whole lashing. 
just <laughs> take the lid off the salt and pour it over whatever you're eating because it's gone to the Sun newspaper. Yeah, if you're going to try and get a credible story out there, that's maybe not the best avenue to take. It's almost as bad as uh, Daily Sport, is it? Whatever that Yeah, the is. one that basically has half nudie people all the way through it. I suppose in his defence, one of the other pe- the more credible newspapers, if there is one, wouldn't would probably not listen to him. That so <laughs> has to go somewhere. But the and the sun... sun would listen to anything. Yeah, like you say, the only thing that's probably going to be easy to get in is that um, sport newspaper, Daily Star. Oh yeah, to be honest, yeah, I quite often use them as a, a source to find stories before digging <laughs> further. They print some shit. One day they'll probably print an article about us in there and we'll be like, that's an awesome paper. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose part of the problem with newspapers is that whilst they're there to share the news, they're also there to entertain and to mm-hmm. get people to buy them. So what can you do? Titties. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so they went back and visited Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, this this book is quite large and I did read quite a bit of it i I didn't read every single page but do you reckon this would have been about 12 episodes if i covered everything in that that shit is mad do you reckon they went back and told him what would happen therefore he said to people don't worry my child i will rise again (laughs) he was like just telling (laughs) them the future they created the jesus paradox (laughs) (laughs) or the jesus loop i suppose they told him that he was going to die and rise again therefore making him die and rise again (laughs) maybe he wouldn't have risen at all had he not known that he was going to maybe he just he knew he was going to get stabbed so shifted his body slightly missed the vital organ and when they put his body under he was like i'm up just kind of stumbled (laughs) out of the although there's a big boulder in front I really hope that nobody strongly religious is listening to this. Oh, I'm strongly religious. I'm just having fun with this story. So <laughs> they um, came and moved the boulder out of the way and Jesus walked out. El Savior. They patched him up. Boom. Um, I like to think that he I'm wasn't going to rise again until he was told he was going to rise again. And that made the power in him so strong that he rose again. What if he was a Montauk boy? Moved the rock of his mind. Maybe he was the first. You never know. I also like to think of him as like a David Blaine in his day. He was going around doing crazy shit, street magic, like making rocks appear on the other side of rock windows. What the F, Jesus? (laughs) Jesus. On the note of evidence, whilst Montauk was supposedly formally decommissioned in 1981... Local resident Brian Minnick found documentation of mass food orders taking place at the site in the late 1980s. Why do you need mass quantities of food if a base is empty? Another local, Paul Fagan, Fagan, researched, consider yourself at home. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Fagan researched the site for years and believes that lots of the conspiracies were planted by the government themselves to cover up what was really at the site, an underground nuclear reactor. Our final witness is Joe Lafreno, 
who also believes that he was one of the Montauk boys abducted at a young age between 1980 and 1981 to be experimented upon. After an episode of Hypnosis, Lafrino's memories came flooding back. Lafrino remembers laying on a table slabbed. He was slabbed with wires coming out of him again, not dissimilar to Eleven in Stranger Things. Lafrino has a partner, children, and is a functioning member of society with stable employment, so he isn't exactly your stereotypical bonkers witness. Lafrino works at the Camp Hero Park. <laughs> Lafrino states that there is evidence of a structure in a spot he has identified from his memories, but those in charge won't let any digs take place. He's trying to get close, isn't he? Does he just want a bit of fame? And that's an alternative right. theory, or Being does he want fame for the place he works to bring in more business that's another theory yeah, that's a, that's or a has one. he targeted working there because of these memories because he wants to prove it I mean they're not going to let him just dig there that's like me going to work and going ah <laughs> uh, I was born here 50 years ago although I'm not even 50 and there was an alien <laughs> spaceship here and that's where I came out of to prove it we need to dig up this whole building your boss is now about to send you an email saying, oh shit, we need to dig. <laughs> They're going to be like, we are not digging up this building. So, I suppose, maybe yeah, I see your that. point. Another theory is that perhaps he was working there, went under hypnosis. It could have created some memories that weren't actually real. He would have heard the stories beforehand. Yeah, having worked Inception. there and been interested in it. And now he's developed his own... Inception. Mm -hmm. They've planted the idea in his head. Yeah, this motherfucker got inceptioned. That's where I'm at. The official line on Montauk is that the giant radar I showed you at the start was, supposedly, built as part of a coastal defence in the 1960s to protect against airplane bombers. That would give about a 30-minute warning of an incoming nuclear attack. Though decommissioned many years ago, that dish begun moving in 2009. <laughs> On that note, though, whilst Nichols outlined in his book that the Montauk site was decommissioned publicly in 1969 to cover up what was going on below ground, it was in reality decommissioned in 1981, as we mentioned, so Nichols' book isn't exactly accurate. There are also gun emplacements which were built to be hidden if looking from above, further evidencing the fact that this was a military base. The 755-acre Camp Hero site was opened to the public in 2002, which is unlikely if it was such a dangerous site with unstable space-time dimension dynamics. No hidden underground areas have been found, though there are sealed-off buildings and manhole covers which may suggest there's more hiding just beneath our feet. Even today, the buildings are patrolled. Ooh. So basically in that section, I've said it's bullshit, then I've said it's real. I suppose if they did have anything under there, they're not just going to let anyone go under and start digging shit up. Yeah. But then as if they... grim as this sounds, mm -hmm. could be a mass grave under there. Ah. Uh... And they don't want people going in and digging up bodies and finding out what they have done there. In terms of the radar switching back on, mm -hmm. what if it was a rat? We've all seen Avengers. The 
Endgame only happened because of a rat. What if this is the same thing? Endgame was shit. <laughs> I mean, I feel I wouldn't be being fair were I not to point out that that's a movie. This is real life. But still, could have happened. All right, could have been a rat, could have been a rat king. Endgame's still shit, Another more sceptical theory could be that there are tunnels and whatnot down there. They're all decommissioned, but because they've been down there for so long without attention, they may not be able to ascertain how stable they are. Therefore, it wouldn't be safe to let the public in. Still could be nuclear waste under there. Could be if there was a nuclear reactor. Mm -hmm. So you can't just let people wander in there. Yeah, yeah. What if those people are the enemy? Who knows what secrets are below? Ground. So we're kind of there, really. What do you think? <laughs> Can you remember it all? It's a fucking lot. <laughs> yeah, this one's kind of a bit all over the place. So reiterating today's case, we've discovered the allegedly true story behind Stranger Things. After the 1943 Philadelphia experiment, where the US tried to make the USS Eldridge invisible to radar but made the ship temporarily disappear out of space and time instead, Research continued using Nazi gold. Gold! Bullion. Science. I love gold! Gotcha, keeper. After the war, electromagnetic experiments continued at Brookhaven National Laboratory, but it quickly became apparent that a bigger radar was required. The Montauk project, as it would be known, was moved in part to Camp Hero. Once the radar dish started operating, locals started getting headaches, animals started going bonkers, and television and radio signals began experiencing interference. The abduction of and experimentation upon the Montauk boys began. These were children from troubled homes and or runaways who were taken to torture, abuse, administer substances to, and ultimately to experiment in psychological warfare and psychic abilities. Unexpected side effects took place though, with portals beginning to open, so research moved to stabilise these portals. Through these, contact was made with aliens, and technology was exchanged. The Montauk chair was created with this technology, whereby users with certain abilities were able to experience what other people experienced, and subjects even begun manifesting objects. Things had gotten too dangerous by this point though, and during an experiment in the Montauk chair, someone whispered in test subject Duncan Cameron's ear, The time is now! A monster manifested and begun eating people and equipment. Researchers had to destroy all the equipment to break the psychic link and remove the monster. Years later, in 2008, a monster would wash up on the shore in the area but this was probably actually a decomposing raccoon, not a psychic warrior from the Upside Down. We circled back to discover that just as in Stranger Things, the Brookhaven National Laboratory is owned by the US Department of Energy and that crazy experiments took place there. We circled back even more to cover witnesses including Alfred Bielik, who jumped overboard during the Philadelphia experiment and woke up with his brother in 2137, where shit was crazy. 
Felix slipped into 2749, which was crazier still. Returned to 2137 to grab his brother, dropped by on 1983, and then headed back to 1943 to stop the Philadelphia experiment, thereby both opening and closing his own time loop. Once in a new body, Bielik would go on to become a senior figure within Project Montauk, working with Preston B. Nichols on the Montauk chair, therefore causing the opening of that time loop. All of this came out in 1992, as outlined in a book by Preston B. Nichols, which further elaborated on other details like Project Montauk visiting Jesus and impacting battles during the American Civil War. I will add that LSD can make people hallucinate and cause flashbacks long term, so while some of these claims are crazy, are they all? We covered several Montauk boys who say that they were experimented on. Sadly, it does look as though the Camp Hero site was built as part of Coastal Protections rather than a secret lab, and it is now open to the public to visit. But remember, Christopher Garantano did find evidence of structures underground via geophysicist survey and food orders were being carried out after the site allegedly shut down. The site is still patrolled. An alternative theory is that the alien stuff was leaked intentionally to cover up the site of a nuclear reactor. Or indeed, human experiments. Granville, do you want to retread any ground before we conclude? Two things I want to ask. Mm-hmm. One, were the Montauk boys all boys? As far as I could find, yes. Okay. And what happened to... The uh, Montauk creature, whatever it was. Oh, I didn't mention that, did I? No. So it washed away. What do you mean it washed away? It was found on the shore. It washed away. No one... They took photos of it, then when they came back, it had washed back out to sea. No one moved it? Nope. There are other photos of it. And right at the bottom of the research notes, I will show you a little bit more, but... Okay. This has been a pretty crazy case. It's so, so discombobulated and all the research and whatnot it just goes from here to there to here there to there. And because of the time travel, it's really hard to get it in order. A lot of... There's documentaries on this, like I said, the YouTube one I'm going to link to. I've listened to several podcasts on this after I've written the research notes and everyone's gone at it in a different way. As odd as this sounds, mm-hmm. I think they're come up with a science fiction book or theory using real life to try and blend the real with the imaginary and what's happened is is this book finished yeah okay i think they done an us let's try and fool the world (laughs) whoa 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 (laughs) and They've used the real and the imaginary to create something, and they've gone. Let's see how yeah. many people believe us. I hear you, and they've done a good job because Stranger Things is literally based on this. Yeah, and I believe it was going to be called Montauk, but then there were some legal issues around it, and so they changed the name and a few of the details. But it feels like they've picked out a bunch of great conspiracy ideas and then kind of slapped little slivers of truth here and there within mm-hmm. it, doesn't it? Yeah. So some of those things are real and they'd get you going, yeah, but I believe that's actually happened, that is real. But then there are the science fiction parts of it, the aliens, the... I mean, the mind control bits aren't, like, 
fake. They're not. We know it we happened. Know, yeah, absolutely. But it's whether or not they pulled forth alien creatures and things like that. And for the body to just wash away in the sea is... It's too convenient. Yeah. Meanwhile, what makes me really suspicious is that the place was decommissioned officially in 1981, but they found mass food orders, like receipts and stuff, for mass food orders in the site from the late 1980s, so it's clearly operating to some degree. Why? Yeah, I mean, Why? to be fair, though, um, a site being decommissioned could just mean it's taken off of it doing that one thing that they wanted it to do then why but then there's still things there that need to be taken care of Mm. so i don't know if this is how it would work but if you think of a airport that was used for fighter jets Mm -hmm. and it's now decommissioned as an airport for fighter jets but normal planes and things can take off from but then it. Then the military wouldn't usually stay on because it's wasting their resources. Mm, sure. Maybe it was decommissioned for one thing, but then it had a secret. Had purpose. another purpose. <laughs> a secret purpose. A, a they gold were there to Cover up the, science. The evidence of purpose. whatever went down there. <laughs> so close to their equivalent of CERN as well. So, yeah, they say it's decommissioned because it's decommissioned for the thing that people know it to be there for, Mm -hmm. but it's doing something else in that meantime. Yeah, okay, so... Or maybe they were using it as a storage facility for um, Mm. documents. Or even materials that, like radioactive kind of materials, hence why they don't let people in there today. Yeah. Just in case. Mm. Maybe there was a... When it the radar switched itself back on. So... Maybe there was a I've, earthquake, something like that. Someone went down. You know I, how like there's a power cut yeah. and then things come back on. I was going to... I thought I'd put this in the research notes, but obviously I haven't. And I was going to make you conclude before I shared that little tidbit. <laughs> but basically... All the controls for the radar had all seized and couldn't be operated, so there's no way the controls could have made it move. Mm. Therefore, if it started moving, it's got to be down to the weather, basically, and gravity and whatnot and the wind. There's no way that the controls could have operated it. So it was a strong enough wind that started moving it? Something like that.'t know for definite, but the controls weren't it couldn't be used anymore. It'd been Maybe so long that short all... in the system. Well, that's I what mean, I'm saying. just because you can't bugged. move the handle. Doesn't mean that the electronics underneath it. I mean, it could have been a screw that just popped and it swung the other way. And lots of the residents, the the way they know that it's moved, because everyone who lives around there was like, that used to face the other way. Yeah. I don't think there's any definitive like video evidence of it moving or anything like that. It's just it was facing one way and then it was one way, then it was the other. Yeah. So on that note, are you saying it was aliens? (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not saying that it was aliens either. But when you're dealing with time travel, it's sometimes difficult to get things in order, so I tried to remove a lot of the back and forth and just roll with the details of what actually happened at Montauk. Suffice to say, that's one of the most convoluted cases I think we've covered so far. <laughs> it's going to be a long episode. You've done well to get that in an order, though. Yeah, it was it took quite a while, to be honest. 
it's just such a mess and it looks like all your sources have covered it from different angles and in different ways but yeah a lot of what was detailed in Nichols' book has been debunked but <laughs> even so there is something about this one that just somehow leaves you with a little lingering feeling of suspicion even when they're saying they visited Jesus which is bonkers you're still left wondering if they really did experiment on people there and that kind of makes you wonder doesn't it I mean I reckon they could have but whether the effects in visiting Jesus were real could have been in their head if they were taking LSD absolutely and again it comes back to did they experiment on people here so then what the people are saying is so outlandish and that obviously didn't happen but the experiments maybe did and in their mind they probably thought that's exactly what was going Mm -hmm. on so like I say ultimately I'm not saying that it was aliens but it did tingle my conspiracy spot and I'm not convinced all was as publicly suggested at Montauk any final thoughts from yourself, Mr. Moonwalker? Uh, no, I can't say there is. This is... It's been a crazy one. been quite enjoyable, actually. Yeah, it's definitely been an interesting one. And I didn't delve hugely into the alien element of it, to be honest. But it was so bonkers by that point, I didn't think there was as much value. And we've also gone long, already gone longer than an hour without all that detail as well. <laughs> but if people are interested, like I say, you can check the episode notes. But that's a wrap for today. Thank you for listening to Bad Airworlds Aliens. It's been a long one, and we really appreciate you sticking it out with us. Whilst Montauk did touch upon aliens, this episode was more tonally in line with what we'll get up to over on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash but it was aliens. There, We release a monthly bonus episode covering something more widely paranormal, be it cryptid, conspiracy or clairvoyance. And as I say, we do have an episode coming up on the Philadelphia Experiment, which will tie into this one. If you have any suggestions for topics you'd like us to cover, either on the main show or in a side pro on my Patreon, I really can't talk today. This is possibly the worst my mouth has ever been. But you can find us on the Twitter. On the Twitter! At But It Was Aliens. You can also catch us loitering in our publicly private Facebook group called Extraterrestrial Towers, which is linked to the But It Was Aliens Facebook page. I suppose we probably should just explain, we kind of touched on this at the start of the episode, didn't we? But me and Mr Moonwalker are both in the process of relocating at the moment, which means that Extraterrestrial Towers... Not together. Oh, we're definitely going together. What's actually happening is that my partner's moving in with your partner, and me and you are going to move in together and share a bed. Spoonsies! I think neither of them would be surprised if we said that though. <laughs> she does. Uh, my partner does often refer to us being a thruple, as I've said before. Yes. So does mine. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Yeah, so we might be going a bit out of sync over the next few weeks. You might hear a few episodes in a row from myself. You might hear episodes in a row from Mr. Moonwalker. You might hear long episodes. You might hear short episodes, but we're trying to keep on schedule. And also just want to say, want to say want to say quickly that if you're feeling any particular way how you feel is valid you matter that's all from us today so until next time how did the monster from jeepers creepers get a personalized number plate because it's got dough drop the gold boolean boom boolean license plate (laughs) the truth is up there Hash tag proof.
like I say, it's just a little image there at the bottom for you with a raccoon and the skull, so you can see it probably is a raccoon. It's just because the lip is rotten away. Ah, that's bad. And it, obviously, you looks, never. Yeah, once you, you see them side by that, side like that. Ah, damn raccoon. <laughs>